Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Internet's hottest show about plastic surgery, health, and beauty. It's Nip Talk. Today, we got a great episode. Number one, avoiding dog bites. Two, preventing skin cancer. And last, the sad, tragic death of Jackie O after plastic surgery. It's coming up right now. Live from Lincoln Center in the heart of the Dallas Metroplex, this is Nip Talk. An honest and uncensored show about plastic surgery, health, beauty, and lifestyle with your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman, and your co-host, entrepreneur and social media influencer, Sarah Bennett. Now it's time to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the topics everyone is talking about. It's time for Nip Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. We really, really do appreciate it. Please hit that like and subscribe button and leave us a comment. We want to know what you want us to talk about on next show. I'm your host, plastic surgeon, Dr. Bruce Herman. With me is the awesome crew of Sarah. Hi. And Trelvis in the box. Hi. What's up, Trelvis? How you been? Hi. Stop coughing. <laughs> I, just, I wanted to try it myself. It sounded how, so... How did it feel? Like when you, when it, when you said that and it came it out, makes you like, happy, right? It, it that, felt unnatural. It, unnatural. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, felt it sounded a little bit unnatural. Like, I mean, you kind of have like that big, deep, booming voice. It's like, hi. I tried it, though. I tried you it. You tried it on? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I do appreciate, you know, a little bit of experimentation, trying different things. <laughs> Absolutely. Livening up the show. <laughs> How you guys been? Good week? Anything exciting in your y'all's lives? No, it's summer, so yeah, my summer. kiddo's out of school. Same. Yeah. Yeah, both of our kids are actually running around the studio here somewhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. Eating chaos. snacks. <laughs> Travis, anything going on with you, bud? Um, oh, you know what? I'll be hitting the road today. Oh, um, where are you going? Vacation? So when I leave here, I'll be going to Conroe. I think it's like a Margaritaville out there. So I'll be nice. going to, yeah, a Margaritaville when I leave here today. So That's is cool. that like, are you going be to the Margaritaville like for an event or? So I think I'm, I think it's like a hotel. So there's oh, like- Oh, Hotel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I so was thinking about the restaurant. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, it's like yeah, a hotel. Yeah. So uh, it's like a resort, basically. The station that I work for, uh -huh. um, we're doing like a team building. And so we'll nice. be going down there for the team building. Dude, That's oh, fun. that sounds awesome. Now, are you a Jimmy Buffett fan? I mean. At all? I'm not. I, I don't even know the gentleman. Um, oh, you don't? Oh. No. So I'm not I sure. I think I've been to a Margaritaville. Yeah. So Jimmy Buffett, uh, one of my favorite all-time musicians. I mean, he he's kind of old. I, I think he's in his 70s now, but he yeah. sings. I mean, he sings the song Margaritaville, and he's yeah, got like. Yeah, I literally think I went to one like when I was on a cruise in like Mexico there's, or there's, something. Yeah, or there's like one Florida. in like Cancun. There's one in Key Off West. The there's one oh, in wow. New Orleans. Yeah, it was Key West. Um, I, I have to, to tell you guys one. though. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but. If you ever have the opportunity to see Jimmy Buffett, absolutely go. Because let me just tell you, like, his fans, and I consider myself one of them, like, you know, they're called the Parrot Heads. And, like, they, when, when he has a concert, the tailgating is insane. It'll, <laughs> it'll blow away anything out at Cowboy Stadium. I'm telling you. Really? So he used to play here in Allen. I've never been to a tailgating party. Oh, my gosh. So much fun. You, how is that even possible? <laughs> Travis, tell me you've been to a tailgating party. Yeah, I've been to a couple. Okay, all right, very good. I've been to a couple. So the tailgating parties for Jimmy Buffett are, like, off the chain. Like, yeah. there's people, like, so when he would have his concerts on Saturday night, we would go out there Friday morning at 6 a.m. and stake out a spot to, to do our tailgating. And we would get, like, barbecue grills, awnings, you know, generators, I mean, everything. And we would come out first thing Saturday morning and just tailgate all day long and then, like, struggle into, like, the concert at night. And people bring like stages. I mean, it's not, I, 
It's just hard to describe. I would I would compare it to something like the tailgating at maybe like the Daytona 500, which I've heard is like really, really crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty amazing. And everyone's just like, everyone's there to have a good time. And, you know, it, everyone's super friendly. And they'll invite you into their like little camps. It's almost like a mini Bernie Man. So oh. I've heard like tailgates at, in Buffalo, like the Buffalo Bills tailgate. Is that pretty wild? They get like really well, like they put people through tables, all type of stuff. Does the <laughs> does the Jimmy Buffett tailgates get that wild? Or? I mean, they're not wild like people getting rowdy. Rowdy, like, I mean, there's no like fights or anything. Like it, it's just people like having a good time, cooking food, like amazing cookouts. Yeah. Like they'll have, they'll set up dance stages, karaoke. I mean, it's just nuts. Oh, wow. And people wear costumes. That's the big thing you wear. A costume. So we wear like these big straw hats, coconut bras, grass oh, skirts. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's whole like it's a whole like island theme. So it should be dope. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the the Margaritavilles or you know the restaurants are they're fun, but they don't like hold a cancel to the concerts. Really, I mean, the concerts are crazy. You should go because he's getting up there in age, and he's and I think he's still in pretty good health. But I don't know how much longer he's gonna be touring. I've probably seen him ten times. It's oh wow. It's a blast. I'm gonna put it on the list. Put it on the list. It's, it's a must <laughs> do. On the list. So so anyway, yeah, for me it's been kind of a busy week. So I think I told you guys I was buying a building that I'm yeah. gonna move into. Yeah, so yeah. we're closing next week. And so it's been kind of crazy just with work, but then also trying to close on the building and all the stuff that's wrapped around that. So it's been kind of wild wild time. Yeah. Uh, and then my son graduated last week. So oh, was, nice. Yeah, nice. so I have the high school graduates. Hard to believe. It is oh, a graduation he, season. Did he, is he going to go to college and all Yeah, he's going to UNT. At North okay, Texas. cool. Yep. Nice. Yep. He wanted, I was kind of hoping he'd do like the away from college experience. I did that and I liked it, but he, he wants to stay close to home, which I think you know, it's nice. So anyway, yeah. exciting times. <laughs> you, you blink and Avery will be graduating from... I know. I was. We went to Broken Bow last week. Oh, how was that? Yeah, it was fun. Was Over Memorial Day, you were like in a great. cabin, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was glamping. Glamping. But, uh, like two years ago, I took Avery there. Um, yeah. And I took a picture in the same exact spot. You know? Oh, uh huh. And like she's literally half my size now. I know. <laughs> it's crazy. My daughter's twelve, which and is she's not much. Almost but... as tall as my wife, and they grow up quick. Yeah, she's. I don't know. She's getting so big. I know. It's ridiculous. Anyway, all right, very good. Well, moving on. I got a, I got some good topics today. Yeah. So I, I, today is all about like, well, not all about, but there's some good education stuff gonna happen today, and the first one that I want to talk about is how to prevent dog bites, which people might think, oh, this is like a weird My topic for bites. a plastic surgery show, but. <laughs> If people are really injured badly by dog bites, a lot of times plastic surgeons are who gets called. And so I've been treating dog bite victims for 15 years now. And so it's something I know a lot about and something that at least at one point during my career, I did a bunch of research into just to see if, you know, there's anything to learn about how to prevent dog bites or there's certain breeds that are, you know, need to be more wary of. Yeah. And so uh, I think that there's some good information to be learned uh, to potentially prevent either yourself or a family member, you know, having having a dog bite attack. So it happens a lot more than you might think. They they say that there's four to five million dog bite injuries in the United States every year. Yeah. Which that's pretty crazy. That's a huge number. Now the good news is there's a lot of dog bites are really insignificant. And of those 4.5 million, there's only 800,000 that actually go to a hospital to or an ER to be seen. So I guess what is that one out of every five or six is significant enough. That well, they... regrettably, my dog bites. Your dog bites? Mm. What kind of dog is it? 
And Tolian Shepard. He's a. I'm familiar he's with that. like a. He's from Afghanistan. Oh, like really? I re we rescued him. I'm gonna have to see a picture of this dog. Yeah, he's kind of a turd to other people. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. It's interesting that, yeah. that you have that experience. So, um, of those 800,000 that have to seek medical attention in the ER, half of them are kids, and that's why it's something that you know. It's I mean, not that it, injuries to adults are not important, but obviously injuries to kids who are are, are not as able to prevent those injuries to themselves. Mm -hmm. It's important. And of those 800,000 that go to the ER, about 13,000 actually have to come into the hospital for serious treatment. And on average, there's 15 to 20 deaths every year from dog bites, which is a fairly significant amount. It's about one or two. So is it like from infection or just from the actual? No, just from the traumatic. Puncture. Yeah. Like ah. usually people bleed out. You know, it can be severe. You know, a dog, I mean, let me think about like wolves in the wild. I mean, they kill things by, you know, tearing yeah. them apart. So, all right. So. How to prevent dog bites? Well, there's a couple ways to look at this. And the first way I want to look at it is, you know, how do you prevent children from, you know, becoming a victim of dog bite? And so I think that it is important to teach your kids to respect all animals, but especially dogs, because they are so prevalent. And, you know, there's such, uh, there's a lot of feeling, oh, every dog is going to be cuddly and wants to like me to pet him and snuggle with yeah. him. And that's not always the case. So, you know, teaching your, your kids to respect a dog. And that means like never running at a dog, yep. um, you know, teasing the dog, you know, running up and trying to pet a dog that, that someone has. Well, yeah, these. just like any aggressive movement, really. Aggressive sounds right. and movement. <laughs> yeah. Mo when you look into like the science of why dogs bite, it's usually reactionary. I mean, dogs are not trying to eat you because they're hungry. They, they're, the bite is a reaction to either fear or some sort of like territorial defense, usually, mm -hmm. or they feel like you're threatening them or their owner. And so you're exactly right that making really fast movements towards dogs is definitely going to increase yeah. it. Because if you startle it, it, it might, it yeah. might last out. Well, and out. little kids have not much control right. of themselves. And that, exactly. And that's why it all comes down to <laughs> educating your kids. And I, and I guess maybe this is because I actually treat a lot of dog bite victims and in, in the past treated a ton of kids. Do they get bit in the face a lot? Because they're like more yes. of their face. Like yeah, face and that's well. one of the things we'll talk about is you really never should put your face up to a dog's face. Mm -hmm. and they say you shouldn't even do it to your own dog. Now, I have to admit that I do that to my dogs. Oh, me too. But, but I mean, I, I'm very serious about training my dog. I have big dogs. I have yeah. Dobermans. I mean, they're, no, and they're, they're potentially dangerous animals. More, yeah, they're yeah. And so seen like, as like a scary dogs. Too, yeah, they're sometimes. considered scary. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is anytime that you have a dog and a child together, they should never left, be left unsupervised. Yeah. I mean, there, of, of course, it, it, I'm not sure that always happens if it's the family dog and a child because eventually you think the dog becomes accustomed, but it's really not. I never, I haven't, I started leaving Avery alone around my dogs, maybe not until she was like in maybe kindergarten, I yeah. think with first grade, honestly. That, that's smart. I mean, about the time the dog is accustomed, but. You know, I, so we have these big dogs, and my niece lives here in town, and she has little kids, and they bring them over all the time. And I'm just, like, hyper-vigilant when the little kids and my dogs are. Not that my dogs are aggressive, because they're not. They but, just, because kids will just randomly start running around right. and making loud noises. I mean, and the dogs yeah. weigh over 100 pounds. Like, they can, like, that. my dogs ran me down in the yard one time mm -hmm. on accident. Like, literally knocked me down. So, like, you know what they would do to, like, a 30-pound kid? I mean, send them, like, over the fence. Yeah. So, you know, supervising children and dogs together is always a really, really good idea. And so the other thing is like, you know, what should you do as a dog owner, right? Because you want your dogs to not be a dog that has some sort of event where it bites someone. Um, probably the best thing to do is start socializing them when they're a puppy. 
you know, uh, and we'll talk about like some of the things that are risk factors for dog for serious dog bites. But but socializing dogs is good. Mm -hmm. If they're not used to being around people, they are more likely to lash out when they get startled. Yeah. Um, it's always good that when you have a dog to, and just like I said, be around your dog when they're with unfamiliar people. Like if I have people that are at my house doing something, I let my dogs out. I'm always like literally right next to them. I'm not going to let my dogs run by a stranger, especially on our own property, yeah. you know, without me being out there. And then if you feel like your dog is anxious or agitated, and, and, and I think you can tell. I mean, you can tell when dogs like get upset. I feel like if you're anxious, your dog's probably anxious. Probably true. You know, but you can definitely tell when the dogs are like on alert. And if they get like that, the best thing to do is just take them out of the situation. Yeah. Pull them back. It's best for them. It's best for you. It's best for the person that potentially yeah. you know, might receive it. I have a little room in my house, like my utility room slash mudroom. That's yeah. where they go if we have if I have people yeah, over at my house. Because mm -hmm. so I just don't have to mess with I it. I personally like to have my dogs out when people are there. And even when we have parties and stuff, like I usually will put them in their kennels initially. And then as the party starts to wind down, I'll let them out. Because it's good for socializing. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people there. You know, people want to pet the dogs. And, and, and I think it helps them become yeah. more accustomed to people and, and less likely to kind That's of act true. out. So the other thing as far as, you know, what should you do if you find yourself in a situation where there's an aggressive dog that maybe is without their owner? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, you kind of were talking about it earlier. You definitely don't want to make quick movements. I mean, at the end of the day, dogs are pack animals. And they have an instinct to potentially be aggressive in a hunting or territorial way. Mm -hmm. And if you run from a dog, their tendency is to chase you. Mm -hmm. So running from a dog is always a bad idea because you're not going to outrun them. Mm -hmm. uh, so what the, they say to do is one, you should be quiet. Loud noises also can startle a predatory instinct in dogs. So be quiet, but stand strong and firm. Big. <laughs> yeah, big, like make yourself look imposing. But they say that also you don't want to hold eye contact directly with a dog for long periods of time. They, they, send, they see that as a potential threat. Yeah. So although you want to make sure that you have your, your vision on where the dog is, you don't want to stare them in the eye because that can initiate them to potentially to attack or bite. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of research in the past and actually when I was prepping for this. And so th there, there are some risk factors associated with fatal dog injuries. Um, we kind of talked about the things that, that you can do to prevent just a dog bite, but what are some of the scenarios or things that happened in these incidences when a dog killed someone? And so there, there are a few things, and, and one of the major things was an absence of an able-bodied person to intervene. And, and what that means is that somebody, whether it be an, an older person, maybe a small female or a child, was around a dog that, that was aggressive like completely and, alone. and there was nobody else there to help, yeah. you know, that's one of the factors that was found in dog bite fatalities. Also the victim unfamiliar with the dog. I mean, there, there are plenty of instances where a dog that is known to someone has caused a fatal injury, but that's not the normal, yeah. you know, it's something like 80 to 85% of dog bite victims are, are, are attacked by a dog. They didn't know. Um, the dog's not being neutered. Uh, dogs that are not neutered are much more likely to be involved in serious attacks. And so, uh, I mean, I guess that's something where owners kind of need to be aware of that. You know, the proper thing to do is to get your dog neutered unless you're breeding them specifically for whatever reason. Um, Compromised ability of the, of the victim to interact. So once again, it goes back to maybe like elderly people or, ch or children, you know, that's more prone. Uh, and then the last two things relate to the dogs themselves. If dogs are isolated and they're not socially mm -hmm. integrated into, you know, 
being around people or if the dogs have a history of abuse or neglect. Yeah. And so I think those are all good things just kind of follow away in your memory. Okay, these are things that potentially could lead to a bad situation with a dog. And if I find myself in that situation or see someone in a situation like that, perhaps I should kind of step in and do something. And then lastly, this is kind of like where the controversial part comes up when it comes to dogs and it comes about breed. You know, uh, I, I see, I tend to see the worst of the worst dog injuries because if someone gets bit by a dog and they don't go to the hospital, I'm not going to see them. If somebody gets bit by a dog and they go to the hospital and it's really minor, I'm not going to see them. Yeah. So when I see dog bites, they usually are the worst. It's like mutilated. Yeah, like yeah. really, really severe injuries. And so I found over my career, especially, you know, when I was working in the big, like the really big cities, like the level one trauma centers, a lot of pit bull attacks. And so, you know, this those is where are the people... Ones, those are the ones that are always abused more. I that think. is true. They have a higher tendency to be abused. That, yeah. That's definitely true. You know, when you look at the data on breeds, there's not one type of dog really that stands out as far as bites. Like pit bulls don't <clears throat> necessarily bite more than... Labrador retrievers. And in fact, if you look at like breed, the one breed that always pops up is most likely to be to bites a Chihuahua. But I mean, if a Chihuahua bites you, it's like so what? I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> it, it's like okay, yeah, that didn't really bother me. But they the bite. But little is, baby, those little baby dogs sometimes can bite. A yeah, lot. of course. Like I any, got bit by a Chihuahua when I was a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Chihuahuas can bite. But the thing is, is when a Chihuahua bites, it's not like a medical event. Yeah. Unfortunately, where pit bulls have gotten a bad rap is because when they bite, they can do serious, serious yeah, damage. Yeah, because their heads are and so And so I reviewed all the literature strong. on dog bites, both in the past and recently. And when you look at the data on fatality injuries, pit bulls lead by a huge margin. Mm -hmm. Like in the, in the early 2000s, it was something like 30%. More recent studies have said something like 60% of dog bite fatalities are caused by pit bulls. And also they far and away lead bites that result in either surgery or reconstruction. And so, you know, that's not to say that there aren't pit bulls out there that are great animals, but the, my reason for mentioning that is you do have to have that extra bit of caution with a dog like that. It's, it's the same thing with my Dobermans. I mean, Dobermans really have a pretty good reputation as a breed, but they're big, powerful animals. If they go after somebody, they can do massive damage. Well, I mean, like any type of like uh, dog that's Bred, was bred for protection. For protection, yeah. Is they're, protection they're potentially animals. dangerous. Yeah, like German, German Shepherds, Shepherds Doberman Pinschers, Rottweilers, Pit Bulls. Mm -hmm. If you want to own those animals, I think that's fine. I'm, I'm not in that group of people that says dogs should be banned because of breed. But you have to pay special attention to an animal that literally can kill someone. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I personally won't let my children go to a house that has a pit bull. I just, I don't trust that the owner, you know, has done all the right things. And I mean, I'm very cautious about dogs anyway, just because my experience of treating like dozens or, you know, maybe even to hundreds of dogs. I never victims. even thought about that, but I, Avery like doesn't go over to people's houses yeah. yet. So that's a good thought though. Good to think about. Anyway, yeah. dog bites, serious stuff. If you have any questions, please leave me a comment. I'd love to hear from you about your thoughts on, on dog bites. Okay, moving on. Summer is almost upon us. It is here. And it's it so is hot Texas outside. and it's starting to get hot. And so I thought this would be the perfect time to talk about skin cancer and avoiding skin cancer. So skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States. In fact, one out of every five people in their lifetime will get skin cancer. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, there's several risk factors for who might get, cancer, get skin cancer, but number one risk factor is UV exposure or sunlight. Yes. And so, you know, being here in Texas, I mean, it's something that we, as well as people all around the country, just need to be aware of because 
Skin cancers, uh, although for the most part are easily treatable, they can be very serious and they can cause death. And that does come down to what type of skin cancers are there. So there's three major types of skin cancer. And, and, I, and I, I speak from experience of these. I treat skin cancers all the time because when patients get a skin cancer that is in an area like the face where a normal surgeon wouldn't want to try to reconstruct a face, then they get sent to me. Mm -hmm. So I do skin cancer operations all the time. And I tend to do some of the worst ones as well. Um, so the first most common type of skin cancer is basal cell. And I think I have a picture of a basal cell. Can you throw that up there, Travis? Yeah. So that's a typical looking basal cell. It looks kind of like waxy, fleshy nodule. Now the thing about skin cancers is they can have a lot of different appearances and that's kind of the classic look of a basal cell, but they don't always look like that. Um, but basal cells are the most common skin cancer. They're very, very, very rare to metastasize or spread throughout your body. In order for basal cells to be really harmful, you have to ignore them for long periods of time. Okay. Okay. Next is squamous, squamous cell carcinoma. I got a picture of that. Um, that's actually a squamous cell carcinoma that I treated. That's kind of a classic look of a squamous cell. They tend to look like ulcerated, almost like wounds. Mm. Now they don't look like that early on. They'll tend to look more like a heaped up, almost almost kind of like a wart sometimes they'll look like. They can look like almost anything though, but the kind of classic presentation of squamous cell carcinoma is a, a spot on your skin that won't heal. And we'll talk about things you need to be aware of. And lastly um, is the most deadly, and I mean by far, because squamous cell rarely becomes lethal either. It's, it's a little bit worse than basal cell, but, but, but not near as bad as melanoma, which show, show that melanoma as a classic, classic looking melanoma. It almost looks like a really weird mole, like a, mm -hmm. a mole that's kind of like bumpy or it's very irregular looking. You see how it's not really round. Um, it's really dark um, and they tend to be kind of rapidly changing or growing. So that's a classic melanoma. There's actually 8,000 deaths every year in the United States from melanoma. Yeah. And I actually diagnosed a melanoma on my dad when I was in medical school of all things. Um, he had something on his head and I said, dad, this looks pretty worrisome. You know, you should ask your doctor about it. He's like, well, I asked my doctor about it and he said not to worry about it. And it's like, well, maybe next time you go ask him again. And so because of that, they biopsied it. It was melanoma and he was fine because it was really early, but interesting kind of side note there. It's crazy. Did, I mean, another um, Kardashian thing, Chloe had skin cancer on her face. Oh, what'd she have? Do you know, was it basal? Um, they said it was a tumor like in uh, her cheek. Could be anything. Um, how old is she? She's 30s. Uh, I think well, she's hitting 40s. Is she? Mm. It's not unheard of for 30 or 40 year olds to get skin cancer. I mean, 40 year olds for sure it happens. Um, 30 would be unusual, but I, I, I figured they probably spend a lot of time in the sun. They're probably, uh, no, I don't think so. Don't they down on the boats and stuff all the time? Like I think when they were younger. When they were younger, sure. yeah. I think now they're definitely like, like, you know, SPF all over yeah. them. So a couple things about any lesions on your body, you wanna think about, okay, what is my age? If I have a lesion on my body and I'm 20, probably not gonna be a skin cancer, but any lesion that's changing or growing should be addressed by a doctor or dermatologist. Um, also, I said this earlier, any spot on your body that won't heal, that's a little bit worrisome for skin cancer. Now, it doesn't mean that any spot on your body is not healing the skin cancer, but you should at least be aware that that is one of the signs of skin cancer. So how do you protect yourself, right? So we're in Texas, we can't stay inside all summer, so what can you do? Well, number one, sunscreen, right? Yes. Sunscreen is the best way to protect your skin from ultraviolet light. You should use SPF 30 plus or more. Make sure it's broad spectrum to catch UVA and UVB. 
Waterproof sunscreens are great because we sweat. Also, we like to be out in the water doing water yeah. things. Uh, make sure you apply it every two hours. Also, simple stuff. Seek shade. You know, yeah. if you're going to be outside, stand under a tree. Bring an awning. Have yeah. an umbrella. And those moisture-wickening clothes. Like, Avery has a swimsuit that's long sleeve. You're so right. So that's yeah. the next thing. Protective clothing. Yeah. Big hats. Long sleeve. You want lightweight, tight-knit clothes. And they actually have UV protective clothing these days. Yeah. I think I had bought one for Avery from Old Navy. It was pretty good. I yeah. need to buy her a new one. She's outgrown it. I know it sucks to like be covered up in the summer, um, but you can get lightweight stuff where yeah. it's not. I don't always put it on her. I, the only time I put it on her is when I know that she's going to be like outside yep. for a long period of time. Like if we go to like the lake or something. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good thing. But if we're at like my mom's pool where I know she might swim for like an hour. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Sunscreen to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do the same thing. Um, also, uh, being most cautious during the time of day when the sun's the most intense, which is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Yeah. Um, avoiding tanning beds. Most, pe most people know that tanning beds have the same ultraviolet light that the sun does, but not everyone. There are people out there who think, oh, well, I'm, I'm not at risk for skin cancer because I use a tanning bed and not sunbathe. But that's not true. Tanning beds are just as bad for you. They, they have the ultraviolet light that can cause cause uh, risk tanning beds were super popular when I was in I used to high get school in tanning beds we didn't know any better back when we were young I mean <laughs> I couldn't I'm a, I was allergic to like whatever was in there oh, I'd really? always get like horrible rashes like I mean those places maybe it are was like sketchy sometimes maybe it was like heat rash like or something fungus and stuff on there I don't, <laughs> I don't know, know man. it would always like get on my <laughs> butt another thing that people don't think about a lot is to be hydrated your skin is more vulnerable when you're dehydrated so you want to keep good you know uh, drinking liquids when you're outside in the heat, which keeps your skin hydrated, and also actually hydrating your skin with lotions. Mm -hmm. um, skin that is dry is more prone to damage. Also, medication interactions. There are certain medications such as antibiotics, antifungals, NSAIDs, retinoids, and diuretics that actually make, actually make your skin more vulnerable to damage. So if you're mm -hmm. taking any unusual medications, it might be worth asking your doctor, is this something that's going to make me more vulnerable to the sun? Also, if you're fair-skinned, people that have red hair, very light skin, are much more at risk for ultraviolet light than people who have darker skin tones. Yeah. So if you find any lesions on your body, definitely check with your primary care doctor. Things that I think are most notable is anything that is changing, that means the color's changing, the shape's changing, or it's growing, that you notice it's growing. Um, or the other thing is lesions that or spots that seem like they won't heal, like they, they might bleed and scab over, then they feel like they're going to heal, but then they bleed and scab over again. That's things that you want to get checked out. So, yeah, skin Scary. cancer. I mean, uh, the good news is, is outside of melanoma, which can be absolutely deadly, like the most common skin cancers, basal and squamous, are easily treatable. So it's all about protecting yourself as much as you can and just keeping an eye on your skin to make sure that things aren't popping up. Yeah. I know I'm going to get skin cancer. I, I, when I was young, I was out. I worked outside. I, I installed sprinkler so systems. Have you ever gotten any of? I've had some spots biopsy. Yeah. yeah, I've had a couple spots pop up, and I was like, ooh, better check that one. I'm, I, I'm I think now, both my mom and dad have had spots have like they? that, and then my grandma did have. Melanoma. I think I'm younger than your parents, though. Oh yeah. Okay, good. Sure. My parents <laughs> are old. Okay, because I'm. I mean, I'm getting close to that age where skin cancers are probably going to potentially pop up, but yeah. so I'm keeping an eye on myself. Okay, last story. This one's really, really sad. Um, yeah. Are you familiar with Jackie O? No, but I feel like there's another celebrity, an older celebrity called Jackie O from like the like 60s. Like Jackie Onassis? Like, no, isn't that Jackie O? Wasn't that J like John F. Yeah. Kennedy's yeah. wife? 
I think that's probably her name is not really Jackie. Travis, you know Jackie. I was o, like, right? I thought that lady mm-hmm. died a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard of her. So Jackie O was a kind of social media influencer. She was also a star of Wild and Out, which is a show on MTV and VH1. Are you familiar? Yeah. Okay, she was on that show. Okay. So I need to see was, a picture of her. She was one of the Wild and Out girls. Yeah. She's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, she looks familiar. I know I've seen her picture. She's also the, the wife of the YouTube uh, star, actor, and comedian DC Young Fly. I wasn't familiar with him. Um, no. But anyway, uh, very sad. She actually passed away two days ago uh, in Miami. And th- all the details are really not out there yet on this, but there's a little bit, so I thought we would talk about it. She apparently died uh, from complications after a mommy makeover. And so, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, she was a healthy 32-year-old, no medical history that anyone has ever spoke of, mother of three. And, you know, she underwent an elective surgery, which, as we've talked about in the past, the, the risk of death from elective cosmetic surgery should be like one in 300 to 500,000. So very, very, very rare, unlikely. Now, there is one exception to that, which we'll, we'll talk about. So, like I said, this is all, the details in this are a little sketchy. I'm just going on news reports. I mean, there are some things that are known. Um, she did travel from her home out to Miami to see Dr. Zach, which I had never heard of Dr. Zach. I, I guess he's like one of the Instagram mm. doctors that is. Uh, he I probably think he, does like a lot of influencers, and that's how she got I don't know. I think he's done like one or two. Yes. Uh, his name is Dr. Zachary Oka. I think we have a picture. And this is the crazy thing is he posted that on his social media, I think Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, that picture on the right. That's, that's the doctor with, with her. It's oh, since no. been taken down. Um, it's not up anymore. So she traveled out to Florida. Um, it's, it's unknown what surgery she had. It just said she had a mommy makeover. So mommy makeover is kind of a like a wastebasket yeah, term for but it's usually like tummy tuck. Yeah, typically it's like tummy and tuck lift. and breast or, you know, Brazilian butt lift and breast. And this guy, Dr. Zach, uh, is a, a stated uh, liposuction and BBB, BBL specialist. He does a lot of BBLs. So don't know that she had a BBL, but certainly it, there's a high possibility of that. Yeah, that's um, a specialty. So, of course, anytime that there's a, a, a death, you know, I, I do want to check into the surgeon. So, so uh, Dr. Zach, you know, did a full plastic surgery training. He he's not board certified, which, I mean, I, the, the, he's board eligible, which means he's done all the proper training, but he didn't ever get his board certification, or at least maybe he's in the process of it. You know, like what does that mean? I mean, it, it may mean nothing. I I put off getting my board certification like a year after I started my practice. Well, then you have to take a test. Yeah, it takes two years to get it. So I didn't get my board certification until like 2013. Even after you take the test, it takes two years? No, so what you do is you, you take a written test the first year, you have to pass that, then you have to do a whole year of collecting cases that you then present to the, to the oral yeah. part of the test. So they, either he's in the process or he failed the test. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, either he's in the process or, I, the thing is I think he's been in practice for six or seven years. So it is a little bit unusual he doesn't have his board. Because if you're, if you're board eligible, there's no reason whatsoever in the world that you wouldn't get board certified. Because if you're not board certified, you can't practice in a hospital. Yeah. And so, 
I mean, you can if you're board eligible, but if you end up not getting your board certification, that affects where you can work. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a little little questionable. There was also some reports that he did this as a free service, which that does happen where plastic surgeons will operate on celebrities, celebrities. for free just for the notoriety. Um, so, as I said, there's not a lot of details about this. Um, but, of course, you know, with everything, is, you know, is there anything to learn from what happened here? And so... You know, it's hard because you don't have all the details. I, there's a couple things that are that make me a little bit concerned. I mean, I as I've said, I don't know how many times on the show, I am so against medical tourism to the point that I don't like, I try to push people off that want to travel to come see me. Um, there are some potential downsides to medical tourism. It does tend to rush the doctor-patient relationship, which potentially can cause issues. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of medical what's, tourism. What's it's, the max that you would like? let people like eight hours away, four hours away. I mean, they have to be able to travel to me if I say I need to see you. And so mm -hmm. I did, I recently did a surgery on a girl that lives out in um, Amarillo or Lubbock, mm -hmm. which is four or five hours. I've done surgery on people from Houston, um, Oklahoma. I think I did one from Arkansas. I mean, I've had people inquire about traveling from like California just because of my social media and stuff. Uh, to this point, I haven't done any on that far away. Um, but like, you know, it's one of those things where when people ask me about that, I'm like, well, it's not really what I recommend. You know, if you're going to do it, you have to fill all these criteria that I'm going to ask you for. And so that kind of turns people off a little bit um, because, you know, I, as I said, there are downsides to it. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, did she have a BBL? I don't know how many times we've talked about Brazilian butt lifts on this yeah, show. No, BBL. I do not like them. The literature clearly states that the risk of death for BBL is 1,000 times higher than that of other plastic surgeries. Yeah. Now, we talked about the risk of plastic surgery death for elective cases being, you know, one in 300 to 400,000. For BBLs, it's one in three to 5,000. Yeah. I feel like if you want a, a better butt, you should just hire a trainer. I feel like that's cheaper. It's hard to do. I mean, I, I get people's <laughs> feeling because, you know, there is that desire to have that kind of round, you know, buttocks look. And it's hard to get just from working out, you know, because when you work out hard, I mean, if you're working out too hard, then you lose the fat. And then you get like the more muscular look, which, you know, some people aren't aren't shooting for um, you know the question about the board certification I mean I always encourage people to find a board certified plastic surgeon there's no reason whatsoever that someone shouldn't get it and so if someone doesn't have it is that you know notable or some I mean potentially yeah you I don't should know. question it for you sure you should be like okay why didn't you get your board certification but um, it's very very sad and it could be something just totally random I mean honestly if I had to guess and I don't know this at all for sure but it probably was a BBL and there is a stated risk of death from BBL from fat embolus meaning when you're injecting the fat back in it gets in your bloodstream which is a lethal Situation, scenario yeah and that's I, I, if you had to guess on what happened it, it, it's probably that it could be an anesthesia issue I mean that's less likely, but there is risk associated with anesthesia. Yeah. I mean, definitely something that we'll follow up on, um, you know, just to make people aware. I mean, you know, it, we want to make sure that people are having plastic surgery, it's safe. We want to make sure when people are seeking out plastic surgery that they do all their homework to make it the safest experience possible. So yeah. one thing that I did here on social media. Oh yeah. Um, Tell me, Travis. I looked, I, I, I didn't know any more than I just said. What do you got? Yeah. So the, some people will, like some reports were like saying that it could be like heart failure or something like that like during the procedure is that like something that can actually so, happen or for sure so i mean if somebody had an unknown heart anomaly the stress of surgery and anesthesia could induce a potentially fatal mm. heart condition such yeah. as an arrhythmia or a heart attack now 
As I always say, common things are common. Is it more common that a healthy 30-year-old has an unknown, potentially lethal heart condition that was triggered by surgery, or is it more common that a BBL went bad? Went bad. Right. You right. Know? I mean, it probably is more common that it's a BBL, but I mean, it's 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 possible. The thing is, is that these days, in general, anesthesia and surgery are very very safe. Mm. You know, it, it's 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 very similar to flying. Right. right. I mean, if you spent your whole life flying, trying to be in a plane crash, you probably never would. Um, but there's always that risk. Right. And so, it, it, as of right now, we can't say. I mean, there's not enough data. I'm sure it'll come out like what, well, yeah, what potentially yeah. happens. Because yeah, he'll have to like you know, save The one thing I will say, Trevor, specific to your question, is if you get a fat embolus, the end result of that would be cardiac collapse. I mean, mm. and so, you know, if you get a fat embolus, you're gonna go into cardiovascular failure and, and maybe maybe that's it. I don't know. I yeah, mean, I just right. don't, I, I can't say. I, I, I wanted to find more information, but right now things are just really limited. Absolutely. And so if we learn more, we'll talk about it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, but sucks. I mean, if it's straight up from a BBL, you know, if it's just, just like another BBL death, I mean, at what point are, are we gonna stop doing this? Well, I mean, so far I've learned uh, don't go to Florida and <laughs> don't go to Florida. and get a board certified surgeon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say at least you know Dr. Things. Zach did a good training. He trained. I want to say he trained at Brown. I mean, he trained somewhere very respectable. I mean, he's not. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a sketchy guy at all. I mean, yeah. You know, I don't know him, and I, I this is the first my first time I ever heard of him. I mean, the, I just want to make sure he was really a plastic surgeon. You know, that's that's my biggest pet peeve is. Non if he was like surgeons. another cosmetologist. Person. Yeah, people, you know, OBGYN saying they're a cosmetic surgeon. I mean, that's to me the most dangerous. I mean, this guy was like a legit plastic surgeon. The, the board certification thing could be anything. It could be he just works out of his own office and he didn't want to take the time to get it. I don't know. I don't know. But if we find out anything more, we'll definitely let you know. It's very sad, though. I mean, our deepest condolences to her and her family. Yeah, I, absolutely. As somebody who does surgery, I mean, this is. You know what we want to prevent more than anything is to people to have these bad outcomes or even death from an elective procedure it's, yeah you know you can't make the risk zero but it, it should be very very low so all right well it's kind of a downer to end the show on <laughs> so but, but it's good i mean this is you know this is why we do the show you know keep people educated we learned and, you, you know, learned us something if Absolutely. we if we can protect one person from a bad outcome of anything then it's, then it's worth doing yeah so all right guys thank you so much for tuning in Please leave us a comment, hit the like and subscribe. Thank you so much for watching Nip Talk and we'll see you next week.